Tabletop Game Talk, a show where we talk about tabletop games and gaming topics of all kinds. This week, we're talking about the lighter side of board games. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. Filler games, gateway games, family-friendly games. They go by many names. Some love them, some don't. This week, we're giving these games some love and discussing their place in the hobby. If you can't tell, I let Kitty pick the topic. But first, as always, <laughs> a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, Michael Finley, Listener Doug, and the Gift of Games in Grace Lake, Illinois. Check them out, giftgames.com. And a huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. And let's see. We have all kinds of fun stuff to talk about. So I'm going to blast through these opening notes here. Join us on Zoom, tabletopgames.com slash live. The link's in the show notes. You don't need to understand what I just said. Mondays, 8.30 Central Time. Um, join our Discord. Join our BGA group. All in the show notes. Uh, we have a TGT Con. I'm going to slow down for this one. February 17th, starting at 6 p.m. Friday night to midnight the following Saturday. So 30 hours, TGT Con. If you have registered for your basically registered and signed up for a game by January 31st, you will be entered into a special early bird door prize pool of $100. The requirement is you actually have to play a game. doesn't necessarily have to be the game you registered for, but you have to show up and play <laughs> the game. I will do the drawing at the same time I do all the other drawings, which are two other ones. Everyone will be signed up for a $100 gift card just for showing up and playing any game, two games. If you play two games, you'll be entered in. And anyone who hosts a game, um, that is, you create an event on Tabletop Events and are there to start the game, whether or not it fires or not. If you're there to start it, then you're entered into another drawing. So it's a total of $300 you could win just by playing board games February 17th, 6 p.m. Central to midnight Saturday. Um, where do you go? Links in the show notes. Or you can just search tabletop events for TGTCon2. Um, both of those things will get you there. So those are my announcements. Kitty has an announcement. So, and I'm just going to preface this with, this is, this is medical information. Don't share it. It's, it's a HIPAA violation. <laughs> so it's confidential listeners. And, but this is going to explain why she's been so flaky. I mean, unavailable and flaky lately. And it is because I am pregnant again, this time with twins. So uh, pregnant again, double the again. trouble. Double the fun, double the morning sickness, double the fatigue. It's been great. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we just found out um, we're having two girls due um, middle of July. So, Well, congratulations. Yeah. congratulations. I will say there's not a lot of six-player games that are good, which is probably <laughs> why we're doing this whole family-friendly gaming conversation. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of these games... I, I don't know how much they fall under six players. We'll we'll get there, I guess. Yeah. Also, pl- player one and Spencer are going to be uh, outnumbered. That's yeah, true. Play- yeah. They're, um, at least our dog is a boy. I remember we had um, <laughs> a friend who she was pregnant with her fourth child, and it was a girl. They had one boy and then three girls. And he would complain, even our dog is a girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just... We just have the one boy. We're going to have three girls. It is my family, but in reverse, because there were three girls and then one boy to cap off the end of my family. So I mean, I it's, really it's interesting that. the way it changes the dynamic, because, yeah, we're, we're definitely a very boy-heavy 
toy game media consumption family at this point because he's the oldest he does a lot of the picking of things so we watch a lot of transformers and my daughter goes with it she you know she's not always loving what he chooses but she's more into stuff because he has made her watch it enough times and you know vice versa but he's definitely the oldest kid so (laughs) he gets his say yeah i mean because we are two. We're stopping at two. There's no chance of twins. Um, I don't want to say no chance of twins, but yeah, uh, I there's, not, a, there's I never a zero. Twins. Yeah, but um, yeah, Zachary he has his interests, and Becca just follows along with those. And like I say we don't have a lot of girl toys, but any every toy we get them is just theirs because they're close enough in age where. It does not matter what it is. And she's like, he got interested in Spider-Man and then she really got interested in Spider-Man. So I'm like, all right. So she wears all his Spider-Man pajamas, his Spider-Man hoodie. <laughs> like he's, he's not allowed to wear that stuff anymore. And he's like, that's okay. Now I'm on to super kitties. And for anyone who has ever watched child inter- children's entertainment, the one thing worse than children's entertainment is children's entertainment where there's only four episodes that they want to watch on loop. Oh, yeah. Super Kitties is adorable the first time. Maybe the second time. We're on try, I don't know, 30 or 40 right now. And I'm like, seriously? You want to watch the same four episodes again? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. So Where are my headphones? B- back in the day, you could be like, oh, no, the <laughs> the cassette broke. Oh, yeah. darn. <laughs> It's not on. It needs a break. It needs to cool down. Any of these things. Yeah, there's no. Um, or you could just hide it. Because now it my shelf. kid, too, has figured out um, <laughs> that if the internet is down, we can't watch things. But he knows if I'm watching something or listening to something, the internet's not really down. <laughs> like, why did you have to make this logical leap, child? Why did you have to figure this Fair. out? Nah. I downloaded this ahead of time, just in case. <laughs> Zachary knows, because we have some stuff downloaded on his iPad, and we'll say, oh, that's not downloaded. He's like, well, why didn't we download it? I'm like, well, that's a good question. We just forgot. He's like, well, I, can I we not forget? I didn't know ahead of time what particular episode you were going to care about 45 minutes from now. <laughs> yep. But you're totally unpredictable. Well, I will say congratulations on twins. Um, we were talking before the show mentioning they're likely fraternal, not identical. Mm-hmm. Even and though they are both girls. Yes. Yep. Not identical. Um, one of my best friends growing up in high school was uh, a fraternal twin to another girl. And they couldn't have been, they they looked completely different. They were like, they, they could not have been more different of people. Um, but I think it's cool. Now you have four. Mm-hmm. That's, that's um it's a lot yeah <laughs> it's more than anticipated but here we are we're excited we may we may, we may never upcoming, sleep again <laughs> yeah we may announce some upcoming changes to the podcast format we'll see <laughs> yep but it's in the meantime story. we have what you have six more months to get ready i don't know so, i only it's 24 weeks <laughs> it's in weeks <laughs> you, only, you only talk in so weeks yeah about anymore. six months <laughs> Wait, so they they're smaller though, right? Because we haven't when we're pregnant, <laughs> you have this app that tells you how big your baby is as a relation to a fruit or a toy or whatever. I always like the fruit the best. Um, does that get 
modified for twins? Nope. And at some point... <laughs> you get modified for twins. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I was reading um, a post on the internet somewhere where somebody was talking about, you know, at 32 weeks pregnant, which normally you go to 40. Uh, she was talking to her doctor. She's like, yeah, I'm having all these contractions. It's really hard to do anything. I feel super winded. He's like, yeah, because your body thinks you're like 48 weeks pregnant because you have <laughs> double everything. There's just all the stuff. Your body is not meant to get this big and be this stressed. So yeah, they don't let you go to the full 40 weeks with twins. So 38 weeks is the goal. Fingers crossed we can get there and everyone will be healthy and good, but we'll keep you updated. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Ron asks if twins run in your family. Absolutely not. This was very surprising. (laughs) (laughs) I am the first person on my side of the family to have twins since my great-great-grandmother. No aunts, no no one else in my side of the family. Um, Spencer's father was a twin, but especially with fraternal twins, it doesn't really run on the male side. It's all the, the female side that takes care of that business so yeah it was very surprising and um that first ultrasound was just like a what (laughs) a what now so um yeah exciting 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 stuff i'm dying over here every once in a while i'm gonna go on mute and fletcher and kitty will be awkwardly trying to fill space um it's because i don't notice that you've gone on mute for a (laughs) second so i'm waiting for you to respond and then i'm look at you and you're like dying and i'm like oh no i have to keep talking Uh uh-oh chris why are you dying i'll try to be better (laughs) Uh, i blame my two-year-old you know something when you have kids they try to kill you constantly this has been a particularly bad season for children just dragging in whatever virus they have licked off the floor of daycare <laughs> yeah i i was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how oftentimes kids will present with covid flu and rsv all at the same time and i'm just like awesome my kids decided to spread it out we haven't had covid yet this year probably will but we did have the flu and rsv and um hand foot and mouth that was a fun one yeah. yeah, that one's just cosmetic for the most part, but it's yeah, still... you don't know they have it until after it doesn't matter anymore. Suddenly yep. they get the rash, and you're like, "Oh, that's why you were so miserable two days ago, huh?" Yep. <laughs> so, but it, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger, and eventually My kills gonna us. Be strong. <laughs> All right. Speaking of things that have not killed us yet. Um, And before we get to our topic, we're doing a little mini update from last week, because Kitty did not listen to our episode last week, and Mm -hmm. so we have to catch her up on everything. In case you missed, um, last week we talked about the open gaming license of Dungeons & Dragons, and since then, some pretty big news came out. Um, Wizards of the Coast decided to completely backpedal everything and released a public, quote-unquote, playtest of the new OGL. So it officially says draft on it. They're not trying to hide this one. Um, There is every indication that the last one was really kind of meant to be like, hey, this is going out. Just give you a heads up. Um, And then everything, whoever leaked it, it worked because now they're in full uh, (laughs) spin control mode. Yeah. So the highlights... (laughs) Um, they're releasing the core rules as a Creative Commons. 
which is a license they don't really have any control over. Also, the core rules can't really be copyrighted anyway. So they lose nothing by doing this besides gaining a little bit of um, good graces saying, okay, look, the core mechanics of D&D, anyone can use them. It's Creative Commons. You can do whatever you want with it. Awesome. So if you want to make a 5E rules-like system, you totally can. That doesn't necessarily cover, it doesn't cover any classes or races or anything like that. It just covers the core mechanics, which is there's a decent amount there, but that's what that covers. They've created a official yet optional creator product badge um, that's kind of hideous and ugly. The main thing to note about it, though, is it actually allows you to say that you're associated with D&D, where the original license didn't allow you to say that at all. You couldn't say you're compatible with Dungeons & Dragons. Um, So they did mention that the badge is also, you know, for review and they want to get feedback on it. Hopefully they make it a little bit better. It's basically just has this weird trapezoid that says creator product and then has the D&D ampersand in it. It's okay. It's it's obvious that they didn't they weren't trying to make it look cool. Um they have added a clause saying your content is yours and we can't steal it from you. But if you think we stole it from you, you can sue us for money. You cannot sue them to delay the release of any product. This is probably worse than it sounds because now you actually have to sue Wizards of the Coast if you think they've infringed on your content. So this is one clause that people are a little bit eh about. Wouldn't you um, do that anyway? It's so easy to sue giant corporations. It goes yeah. so well for people, especially who have to pay their own lawyers. Yeah. Well, there's also- Why wouldn't you have to do that anyway? How is this different? Um, it's It doesn't have the license back clause that the other one did, that the original 2.0 had, which was basically any content that you create under this license, we can use without any kind of with, – with, you're not allowed to sue us. So if you use that version of the license, you okay. wouldn't have been able to sue them. But I guess I'm saying how is this different than like real life? Like It real isn't. Life. Okay. It's not. It isn't. Although, actually, the big thing is this. In real life, if I say I created a source book or a story, right, and you were a big company, and I came and said, hey, wait a minute, you stole my stuff. I don't want you publishing this. You could file an injunction that says, all right, you're not allowed to release this content. With this license, they're saying, you're not allowed to do that. You can sue us for money and damages, right. and that will, but- will process, but we will not delay any product for any lawsuit that is suing us under this license. So it's more of a benefit to them. But I mean, they were upfront about that. Like this, this is one of those things where like, we have to make sure we prevent protect ourselves in this situation. So they were clear that they were going to do this. It's just, there's going to be some work on this one. Um, The next one is virtual tabletops. This is one where I looked at it. I'm like, I'm like, well, what? So the license also applies to virtual tabletops. You can put, content on there you put the rules in there you can do auto calculations essentially what they're saying is anything that you normally do at the table you can have the virtual tabletop do what you're not allowed to do is anything you can't do at the table so having one character attack another character with a magic missile and calculating the damage that you can put your virtual tabletop making an animation that this character is attacking that character that's too close to a video game so that's off limits now this one sitting at the table going pew pew pew. Exactly. 
I should use like that's okay, but I fun. <laughs> I can use spit wads though, right? That's something I can do at a table. So they've already kind of addressed that they're going to be clearer in that language, but this one, this one screams, "Hey, we're going to create a super cool looking virtual tabletop, and we're the only ones that can make you know special effects and stuff to do this." So my hope is this actually does get fixed. Um, it invalidates sort of. Well, you are no longer allowed to use 1.0a of the open gaming license, which a lot of legal people say this probably isn't even legal because that license granted in perpetuity the ability to use that license. So then retroactively making another license that deauthorizes the first license probably isn't legal, but somebody's going to have to fight them on it, which... If the next license, and they've also stated this, like we want this license to be good enough where you want to use it versus 1.0 way. Um, but yeah, that one's going to be a tricky one too because of the next thing, which is this new license is irrevocable unless they deem your content harmful, obscene, harassing at their sole discretion. No one else gets to, and you literally, it's, a, it's they have the sole right to decide what contact Conduct or content is hateful, and you cannot um, contest this in any way. So if they're like, we don't like this content, we think it's hateful, they can invalidate your license. Sorry, you're done. Um, A lot of people have pointed out, it's like, what is offensive and hateful varies from place to place. So how the heck do you, like, put something like this in there and have it be enforceable? Because just talking, like, there's a paragraph in um, the current player's handbook that essentially talks about, you know, your gender and sexuality is whatever you want it to be. Boom, done, fine. Most people in the US, totally fine with that. There are entire countries where it's against the law to have that stance on things, right? So where do you draw that line? Can I, if I'm in one of these countries and I make a source book that like inadvertently steps over that line and follows the law of my country, Am I suddenly now going to have my license revoked? So these are interesting questions when someone, like when there's one company that can solely determine whether or not something's hateful. Um, So there's that. Then if you infringe on any of their intellectual property or bring any action in challenging their ownership of anything, they can invalidate the license. And then the one that's also the uh, like a really big sticking point. If any part of this license is held to be unenforceable or invalid for any reasons, they may declare the entire license void. So this irrevocable license has at least three different clauses of how they can revoke it. And a couple of them are very easy for them to enforce if they want to. So anyway, it's, it's the nice thing about it is it's an open test. People are reviewing it. People are giving this feedback. Um, and... I am interested to see what update we have for next week. But I'm going to leave it at that because we want to talk about lighter side of gaming. And that is the opposite of the lighter side of gaming. <laughs> it's the opposite Stepping of D&D away. and legalese. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Stepping away from the dark side. Okay. So Chris texted us earlier today and said, I'm dying. We should do a topic that you and Fletcher can carry. And I had this this kind of thought sitting in the back of my mind because this weekend was Player 3's birthday. And so he received, I can never say this word, Dragon Omino? Dragomino. 
It's the dragon domino game. It's the kids version of King Domino. So, um, I'm now looking it up so I can buy it for my kid. It's fun. I highly recommend it for the like four to six year old age range. It's easy matching for them, but there is a little bit more strategy. You can find ways to kind of maximize what you're doing that might go over their heads, but didn't actually play out for me ever. So (laughs) it was still really fun for me to play with him. And it was really fun. And I had never played King Domino. And I was like, why haven't I ever played King Domino? I was like, oh, yeah, because Chris hates it. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't say hate it. It's just boring. Um, so I hate it. It's just objectively bad. <laughs> <laughs> so after playing this game with my kid in the afternoon, I was feeling miserable lying in bed, as I do often these days. And I went on BGA and started a King Domino game with some of our listeners. And it filled in like 15 minutes. And I have been really enjoying playing this game. And it made me think about like, what are some of these games that I'm not playing because I'm influenced by Chris, who's like, I would say you're more the typical gamer than I am. You tend to push heavier, thinkier, longer playing games than I typically enjoy. And I I think these games kind of get cornered into, boxed into this kind of like, These are gateway games. They're beginner friendly. They're filler games. They're great to play in between other games. There's nothing wrong with these games, but they should be leading you to play these bigger, more expansive, harder to learn, longer to play games. But I I still don't like those games. And I just want to stay with the lighter stuff. I enjoy it. Maybe this is just because my brain has been melted by having um, all of these children and this is all I can handle. But for now, I, I like these games, and I feel weirdly defensive about it. Well, for the record, I don't hate <laughs> these types of games. Um, in fact, I have quite a few that I would call some of my favorites games. Um, they're just harder to make a game night around. Like, I wouldn't want to, I don't know... So you're an exception, kind of. Like, if we go to your place <laughs> and we're playing games and we play anything that's harder than, you know, make one of two choices and carry on, we're not going to succeed, right? Because there's... <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, there's a zoo of small children running around and constantly wanting to play. And what does this do? And Can I Can help? I, I want to touch it. Where are my yeah. cards? <laughs> so what so I that? totally... What is yeah, that? I, what is that? <laughs> oh my god! Can I roll the dice? Can I touch? Let me do this. It is, yeah. So I get mm-hmm. that. So when, I, but if I get the chance to play with, now I'm trying to come grown up with ups. the right term, grown ups without <laughs> kids around. Um, I want to be able to play something a little heavier. Now that said, I still like a good filler. I like, you know, some of my favorite games would fall into this category, I think. Um, Century Spice Road. I think that is a, it's a I would little, say qualifies under this. Yeah. This it's definition, this bit, umbrella that I have created. Yeah. I mean, it's I a made little the umbrella, bit more complex so than the simple. But yeah. <laughs> I love this game. I play it all the time. Um, Fantasy Realms is another one where it's like, 
I it's a hand building game point optimization. A lot of it is just do you get lucky or not with the cards that you want, and it's fun to play over and over. Uh, Scout is one that, um, presuming that I see you this weekend, I'm going to bring up because it is a super easy card game that it takes about I don't know minute and a half to learn, and you can just play it over and over and over. It's it's. Not it's competitive, so it's not quite the crew, but it's still one of these games that you're just trying to maximize. It's, um, it's a set collecting game, I guess, kind of like a rummy or something like that, um, but with a nice, cool little twist to it. And so I like these games, but I agree with you. I think the hobby as a whole looks down on them as that's just a filler, mm-hmm. right? And even the term filler is. Mm-hmm. It's oh, derogatory just in some way. You do. It, yeah. It does feel derogatory. And like and light too. I don't know it, like that heavy is to be desired. And like you hear a lot of times like, oh, it's good, but it's a light game. You know? And and I don't know. I just I really like feeling like I'm not biting off more than I can chew. Feeling like I can com- complete something and I can give it my full attention while I am playing the game. And I like this kind of game. And when I was looking at the events we created for um, TGTCon, it we just based them based on like what are popular games in the hobby. And I'd say there were not as many of this style game as there were heavier Euro games. I will agree with that. Um, and so I do want to uh, comment, Courtney mentioned that she had a game night where there was nothing but filler games. No games longer than 30 minutes. Loved it. Played so many games. I love that concept. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to first give pros to this. If you're having a board game party, and we did an episode on this, I don't know, four years ago. Oh, my gosh. Forever ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and we had all kinds of advice. I think the best advice is just do nothing but filler games. Nothing but mm-hmm. games that play in like 30 minutes. Because then you don't feel bad if you're playing a game and someone else isn't playing, because you'll be done in, you know, Soon. Oh, just give us 20 more minutes, we're done. And then you can, someone else can sit in and the other person Rotate can go in. grab food or pick up a different filler game. Um, I think that this 30 minute time limit where it takes about three minutes to learn the rules, or you don't even learn the rules, you just start playing and you learn it as you go, is is a great way of having like a family slash holiday game party um we ended we oftentimes end our gaming nights if it ends a little early we'll play one of these games and that's what they're meant for well it's not what they're meant for it's what a lot of gamers uses them for for. that's what a lot of people see them for is just a filler and i think these games are good enough to be they're they're not mashed potatoes they're the meat they're good enough for that there are not all of them and i will say I think they get kind of, I think it's easier to make a bad lighter game than a bad heavier game. So they can be more hit or miss. If you're just picking something up at the store, you don't have any information on it. If you see something that's in a huge box, and especially something that's like well stocked at a game store, it's likely that it's pretty popular. People like it. You're you're not taking as big a risk with it. But also these games are usually much less expensive than heavier games. So yeah. I'm usually willing to take a risk on these. 
Well, I will defend my listings in TGT Con 2 because for those, I'm putting heavier games that people don't get to play in real time as often. And that's what I was focusing on when I made those. But in case you haven't listened to the top of the show, if you create a game and are there to start it, that enters you into the, the contest. So you might as well do that and do some friendly little, you know, half hour, 45 minute games. Bringing I'm it excited. Back to the con. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to see what Courtney schedules because Courtney is one of our listeners who was just talking about her filler game night. And she has introduced me to some of the best games like this. I last con, she had all kinds of these games. She was teaching them in like 15, 30 minute slots. And it was so much less pressure than sitting down because you you also don't feel the need to perform western trail yeah (laughs) and i did put myself in a great western trail game this time and i don't mind that kind of game you know but like that's like as heavy as i go and it's not very heavy (laughs) in the grand scheme of things i mean it's pretty heavy in in the game sphere but um it it can seem pretty straightforward i suppose maybe i still just don't understand but (sighs) i don't know um Maybe it's just that the setup isn't nearly as bad as some of these other heavy games. Because that's another thing with these games is I love that often you just, like, you open the box and you're playing like 10 minutes later. There are not 8,000 pieces, although my mom did get concerned when we opened Dragomino. And there are all these egg pieces. (laughs) And they're just tokens. So the way this game works, it's dominoes. You've got tiles. You're matching terrains. And when you match your terrain type you choose one of those eggs. And if you turn it over, if there's an empty shell, you get to choose first next time. But if you get a dragon, you get a point. So you're trying to get little dragons by matching terrain types. And there are different numbers of eggs for each terrain. So like for adults, you can be like, oh, I'm going to match the lava eggs because you have, it's the same number of dragons in each type, but the different number of eggs. So you have much more likelihood of drawing a lava egg that has a dragon in it versus a desert egg doesn't have as many dragons. So there's there's a little bit of like fun complexity there, but there were a bunch of tokens to punch out. And my mom did panic for a minute because she's like, that's a lot of pieces for a kid's game. But it was fine. Can you use pennies or does the color of the dragon matter? Uh, the color of the dragon matters. All right. Maybe I'll 3D print some replacements. I've already ordered it. <laughs> um, you could definitely 3D print some replacements. But yeah, the the color matters. You'll have fun with this. I I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. And you know, I've picked kids games for my kids that I like my kids to play. But I think this is one of the first games that like I like to play this game. <laughs> like my kids like let's play a game. I'm like, "Yeah, let's let's play a game. Let's play that one." <laughs> that's yeah, that's where we're going. Honestly, in in the near future, right? It's going to be, I want to start playing kids games that the kids can play. And these types of games are the next step beyond kids games. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, Because I think... I mean, this is still definitely a kids game. Right. Well, Dragon Domino is, sure. Mm -hmm. But when you start going to the next level, like, um, you know, I could see uh, like a five or six year old could play Century. It's there's mm. no words on there's no words on the cards, and it's literally this gem turns into those gems, right? 
Now there's strategy they, that they would have a hard time with. They could do it, but I don't think they could do it well. Right. <laughs> but that's okay, right? Because But they could still understand how it plays. And that's where a lot of these kind of um, filler games are. It's like they're really easy to learn, but it doesn't mean you're going to be good at them. Mm-hmm. It just means they're easy to learn. Azul, I would think, falls into this category. Azul is very simple to learn, but it's yeah. yep. a hard game to be good at. Uh, Azul... There's like, I'd say it's on the upper edge of this category. Like this category is like, and me and my friend have like a specific tag for these games, which is the most complicated game I can get my mom to play. Okay. And Azul might be a little on the easy side for that, but um, Calico and Wingspan both fall under the most complicated game I can get my mom to play. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, that's where I like to play games. Is, is I like to play with my mom and I like to play the most complicated game she'll play. <laughs> That's fair. Michael mentions they could learn how to play Azul, but they'd never figure out the scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Azul gets a bad rap on scoring. But until you physically do it, it, it is a little hard to grasp. Yeah. I had messed up the scoring on Azul for, I don't know, just general rules. It was one of those games that I learned in person and I thought I had actually done a good job. But then I hadn't. <laughs> I had forgotten things and messed things up. And then when you're reading the rule book, I don't know. But I was like, but I know this. But I didn't. You've played Splendor, right? Mm-hmm. Fletcher, have you played Splendor? Oh, yeah. So this I would consider definitely in this category of a filler. Absolutely. Um, and this is a good example of why they may get a bad rap. So Splendor, hugely popular, won lots of awards, and it is essentially a slot machine. Who wins is a die roll, and you don't really know where that's going to land. Now, you can be good at Splendor. There is a strategy to Splendor, yes, but that strategy is the same strategy for basically everybody, and it's who can get there first once you know those strategies. I've played this game four times with my parents, four times with Sydney's parents, and both of those times, that's eight total games, everybody won once in those games. <laughs> but everyone always felt like they were in it and close, which makes it a great game. Like, we were hanging out. We were having fun. Anybody could have won. There wasn't this, you know, whether or not you played it before or not, there wasn't this runaway leader thing. But I think that when a game, when the circumstances outweigh the strategic decision-making, I think that's when the game can get a a bad rap for hobbyist gamers. Mm-hmm. And I love to find games, and I think that comes into my, my bullet point here I've put up, uh, replayability. Yeah, Splendor's replayable, but I don't, I don't like it as much. I like these games where they're easy to learn, but highly strategic. So it's it's easy to play, but it takes time to get good at it. Like Azul. And like Azul. <laughs> or any number of other games. And a lot of these games, I don't know. You can tell me, Chris. Does Carcassonne fall into this category or not? No. No. It's too hard. <laughs> yeah. Carcassonne. It's a, Carcassonne's a gateway game. I'll give it that. But it is not a filler game. It's not something you can just sit down and play in a short period of time. Those games can last well over an hour, especially if you're more than two players. And And what expansions you've shuffled in there. 
Yeah, and it, and it can get pretty convoluted. Um, I don't like Carcassonne because it's ugly. It's just ugly as sin. Um, I love Carcassonne. I don't uh, think it's ugly. It's hideous. It's just hideous. Green and beige. Ugh, that whole category of games. But I, I even even that aside, I think it's a little bit heavier than this. Um, it is one of those things where you have to explain five different scoring concepts before you can play it's the fair. game. So that's that's why I think that would not go in. But Michael mentioned like checking BGA top games. And I'm going to go down the top games here. And I'm going to stop on the ones that I would consider um, this level. So Ticket to Ride, again, a little bit higher up. Azul, right on the cusp. Wingspan, definitely higher up. Carcassonne is higher up. Splendor is number five on this list. There's a lot of play po- people playing Splendor. Um, and that's definitely this in that filler. Um Seven Wonders Duel, that's just a fun game. We really need to do a Seven Wonders Duel tournament. <laughs> uh, Castles of Burgundy, oh no. Lucky Numbers, yes. This one, how is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Number seven is Lucky Numbers. Coincidence? I think not. Um, I hate this game. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> I have to play it now. Why? I have to know. <laughs> it's just it's a four by four grid of numbers where you're trying to be ascending. You want the lowest number in the top left and the highest number in the bottom right. And it is just nothing but it's it's war the grid game. It's just mm. I, I'm I am making it sound <laughs> way worse than it is. There are a number of people in the obvious right live audience right Chat now that loves this game. Chat is defending it. They are, Courtney they says defending. she'll teach me. <laughs> yeah, I I've played it. I played it a couple times, and I'm just like, oh. and what probably is. I've never played it real time because this game is meant to be played in about mm. 10 minutes. And when you're playing it turn-based, your turns take about eight seconds. And then it takes at least eight <laughs> hours before you get another turn. So that can be part of it. Certain games are meant to be played in one sitting because that's how they're fun, right? Imagine playing Uno turn-based. So another one that we played New Year's Eve, just one. Yes. Really fun game. This might be more of a party game than this category, but it's the same thing where I played it on New Year's Eve. We had so much fun playing this game live. We were over Zoom. Yep. Um, And then I joined a game turn-based and it's fun, but it's not the same. It loses it. Yep. So I will say, yeah, a lot of these games do need to be played live. They don't need to be played in person. They just need to be played live. Maybe. I don't know, because I'm enjoying King Domino very much on BGA. It's like Carcassonne Light. I will say I have not played King Domino on BGA, so I should try it out and see. You should try it out. It's fun. Uh, um, you'll still not like it because it's a lot of green and beige and tile lane. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just not your kind of game, and that's fine. I just, it can sometimes make me, I don't know, maybe it's just the the... <sighs> The people who are online discussing games a lot, if you're, you know, on BGA, you're on, not BGA, what's it, Board Game Geek. If you're on Board Game Geek, if you're on uh, Board Game Subreddit, sometimes even if you're hanging around in our Discord, the heavier games get a lot more traction, get a lot more talk. I, will- I don't know if it's just because they're, they're such big news when they come out because they're so big, but... Yeah. I'll admit in our BJ notifications channel, if I see a new game up there that looks like a filler game that I've never played before, I don't join those games. I probably should, but I do look past them because I'm a That's snob. how I found Look at the Stars, which you enjoyed enough to make our whole tournament. 
I know, I and just I regret joined it. Joined a random game. <laughs> um, you want guess what number eleven is on this list? Number eleven is is certainly a filler game. It is mm, a I mass market no game that's been around for decades and decades. Involves a lot of dice. Yahtzee. Yahtzee, Yahtzee is number as the number eleven game on BGA. Yahtzee. Yeah, I will. Also, just so if you've never played BGA, when we say turn-based or real-time, most games are turn-based games. You take turns. In When you're talking about it in BGA, it's you take a turn, and then you go away, and hours later it might be your turn again, where real-time, everyone's sitting and playing at the same time in your traditional thing. So when we say turn-based versus real-time, that's what we mean. But yeah, not, Yahtzee. Not spoons. Not spoons. Um, and then two <laughs> steps under Yahtzee. One game that I have not been able to find in a physical copy, and I really want to, is Can't Stop. I really, really like that game. Um, oh, wait. I just looked at Did it on... ever release in a physical copy? It does. It did. And it is ridiculously overpriced for what it is. Uh, so Can't Stop, <laughs> if you've not played it, this is a game where you're trying to roll the same number on... So you're rolling four dice, and you can combine those dice in in two. So if I roll a two, three, four, and five, I have a two plus a three is a five, and then the four plus the five is a nine. And you can rearrange those dice in any combinations you want, and you're going to move these markers up these tracks that are arranged from two to 12. The two and 12 tracks, you only need to roll those numbers three times, and you get a point for those. If the seven track, I think you need to roll it like a lot more times. Um and you get a point for that. Once you hit, so if you like hit 10, you lock out that entire row for everybody else. No one else can score on the 10s anymore. First person to lock out three rows wins and can't stop. It's a pressure luck game in all ways because what happens is you get to move your markers and then you get to roll the dice again. And as long as you roll a number that you rolled previously, you can keep on rolling. And you can be trying on three different tracks. I'm doing a poor job with the rules. The point is, it's just four dice and a couple little wooden pieces that match where count where you are on the um, thing. It is so much fun. It is ridiculous. No matter what, you want to try to win the whole thing in one turn because you can. It's statistically not likely, but you could. Or you can stop and lock in your positions and pass it on and watch the next person bust because they want to <laughs> make a roll and they're not able to move one of their pieces and then they lose. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. And it's $40 for 16 dice and some wooden markers. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. Um, that seems like too much. Also, it does seem it, like it too does, much, doesn't it? It does fit in this category of game, but it doesn't sound like something I'd enjoy. And it's so funny because I feel like we have like opposite taste in this kind of game. I think you would love this game. I've never met anyone who's I'll played try. it who hasn't at least enjoyed it. I mean, it sounds like Yahtzee. It's fun. I'd play it, but it's not something I'd play over and over again. Well, we're going to play it real time because it's Michael one of those games. Michael is agreeing with me. I'm getting head nods. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to play it real time. And I will, like in real time when you're watching people roll the dice and you're like, on the edge of your seat. Ah, oh, it's so good. I played it turn-based too, and turn-based is fine, but you don't get to watch other people like push, 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 and then bust out in the same way. Um, and Michael, yes, I'm going to make my own board. I'm going to design a 3D printed version of this. <laughs> and I have plenty of six-sided dice, so. Ah, 
Michael's agreeing with Chris, not me. All right. It happens occasionally. I'm so used to having the listeners on my side. Um, yeah, no. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the press your luck mechanic, and I'm not a big fan of take that mechanics. And I think a lot of these games, the the older um, filler games, used to have a lot more take that and a lot more press your luck mechanics. And I think, or maybe it's just the ones that you like, Chris. Maybe those are what you like. I do and like press your luck. I think that category of game, I, I'm not a fan of that. I like much more tiling, puzzly, strategic thinking games. I like playing around with shapes. I want to Tetris things. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just not my style. Um, I like that there's enough variety, even amongst these lighter games, that you can find one to fit any gaming style. Any gaming group can come up with their own set of these games that they like to play. I'm going to introduce you to Quacks of Quillenburg, which is another it's one. hugely popular. And I think that like that broken part of my brain that's like anything that's wildly popular must be overrated. <laughs> so. so I used to think that way. And then I started. I know. It's like terrible. Looking in, it's a, and it's, it's a terrible habit to be in. And I try really hard not to be. But the Da Vinci Code burned me and I'll never go back. <laughs> I so. like the Da Vinci Code personally. But I like bubblegum stuff. I know stuff. you did. <laughs> um, no, no, no. I think you would like. I think you would like Quacks, though. It's it's a pressure luck game, but there's a lot of agency and there's just enough rules and control over the luck that makes you feel like when it all works out for you, it's amazing. And even when you bust in that game, it's not that big a deal. Um, so okay. it's it is it's a fun one. It's a really fun one. All right, going down this list more. Um, <laughs> can't stop. Um, King Domino is up there. And you're calling that one of these games? Absolutely. This is one of those games. It's um, you have dominoes, but instead of numbers, they're terrains that you're matching. And you have crowns on some of the pieces. And when you match your crowns with a large area, you multiply them. And that's how you score points. And it's you're trying to fill your five by five grid. It's fun. There's lots of different ways you can make the scoring more complicated it plays two to four players and i like it yeah there's a couple other ones that are on this list that are pretty high up uh q birds and six nimits and q birds is okay six i've nimits- seen q birds pop up in the bga notifications and i did yeah. not click on it and i have regrets i mean it, it's <laughs> i played it it's it's fine um it falls into this category for sure and it's I think it might be too much on the simple side of what's happening for me. So basically what you're trying to do in this one is you're getting sets of birds and there are like these little cube drawing boards. This is why they're cube birds. Um, it's, it's okay. It's okay. I feel like the game plays you a little bit more than I would like. And I think that mm. might be a theme to this. Splendor does the same the game thing, right? plays you. The game plays you. Here are all your yeah, options. Yeah, you feel like you only have one good choice when you're playing. Right. You're like, oh, yeah, this is the it? choice. Yeah. It's 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 exactly. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, here's all these choices you can make. This one is the one you need to make, though. Okay. Right. And when that happens too often, it becomes not as interesting, right? Because it's like, well, what am I doing? I'm just 
I mean, I'm always making the same obvious choice every time. Even if it's not what other people are doing, and even if you're losing, if you feel you're making that same obvious choice, that is what kind of can push these games into a different subcategory of, eh, it's just a filler. So let's bring Fletcher back into the conversation. Who's Sushi Go. Oh, Fletcher. Hi, Fletcher. <laughs> you didn't like my Yakov Smirnoff comment? <laughs> Sushi Go. Sushi Go. Does it fit in this or is it a party game? Um, I think it can be both. I mean, it can be a light game and a party game. A lot of a lot of party games are light games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that a large group game and a party game are slightly different. So like Sushi Go plays, what, up to eight? Yeah. And so, yes, you could play that at a party, but it's really just a large group game. It's a lighter, large group game, as opposed Would to something like Pictionary, it, where you could, you know, play any number or whatever. I I think the line is: Would you play it turn based? Would you play Sushi Go turn based? Is it only fun because of the social interaction elements of it? It's kind of like the line of like: Is it a party game or not? And some of these games, you know, I talk about playing with my mom, and it's really fun to get her goat. She's really easy, and whenever you do something um we play herbaceous all the time and when you can tell she's waiting to pick up some cards and then you do it first every single time she does this like (laughs) i'm so sorry for the audio spike that just created (laughs) but but it's so fun to make her make that sound and i i don't know if it's as fun if it would be as fun to play herbaceous on bga because i don't know sometimes you know though even though you're playing turn-based. You can't see anyone's faces. You can't hear the reaction. You pick up those cards and you just know, like, I just made that person so mad. <laughs> <laughs> and it feels good sometimes. And, you know, sometimes you're the person who just got mad and you're like, oh. But, you know, with these games, they're so low stakes. Yeah. It's hard for me to get angry at these games. I didn't put two hours worth of work into that thing that... Josh just pulled his monster out of the ocean and now I'm ruined. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I didn't have that kind of investment that feels like anger inducing for me. I can just let it go with these games. It's like, oh, you took those cards. Well, I lost this round. Let's play again. It takes 15, 20 minutes. You know, it's it's so much easier to not be the angry player. <laughs> yeah. And this is where pressure luck and take that can actually find a decent home as well because they're so short you can get over <laughs> like the fact that like oh i you i snatched victory out of your jaws of defeat i don't know um <laughs> i have a foggy head but i mean so you can go to bed soon we're almost not, done <laughs> not because not because everything goes back to marvel snap but everything goes back to marvel snap and <laughs> I'm this, so excited to hear this connection you've made. I know. This is one wait. of those games that it plays so quickly. It's literally a filler game. I'm standing in line for, you know, to check out for groceries. I can pull out this game and play it in, you know, three and a half minutes. And it's one of those things where your opponent, who you've no you have no idea who it is, right? It's just this random person, will do things that will infuriate you. And you're <laughs> like, my perfect plan is spoiled because you played this one card in that one lane. And then the game's over, and it's like, all right, I'll play again, right? Because it doesn't matter because it's so short. 
Mm-hmm. And I love that about these types of games. I just am picky, probably pickier about which games of these I will play over and over. Like I'll play any of them once. Sure. There's like no time commitment, but I'm not going to keep playing. Probably not going to keep playing Yahtzee anymore. When I was a kid. Sure. Love Yahtzee. (laughs) Um, Why 2,442 people are currently playing it on BGA right now. Actually games of it. I don't know. Um, But I have friends who like, that's what they do. They play Yahtzee and they love it. So, but can't stop. For some reason, I'd play that anytime, any day, anywhere. Sure, let's play a game of Can't Stop. And I'm I'm better at it than you are because I'm just luckier. So that's that's <laughs> how that works. Um, and for the record, anyone in our live audience and to entice other people, um, Fletcher, Kitty, and I are going to play a live game of Can't Stop right after we're done recording. As, <laughs> oh my because God. this game will take about five to ten minutes and it is worth playing. You will screen love it. record it and throw up the video on Patreon. Oh my god, that's so much work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Patreons, you don't get anything. <laughs> oh, that's I why our bad. patron doesn't have more exclusive content, just because Chris know. doesn't want to make it. <laughs> because Chris has to do everything. Fletcher, you're responsible for Patreon content from now on. Tonight. From now on, <laughs> I'm responsible. Yep, Fletcher is now our Patreon Extras content manager and creator. That's a good title. Congratulations for your promotion. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you don't make any money. I know. And nope. it's a lot of work. And you have yep. a lot more responsibility. Have fun. That's, yep. That's that's how this whole podcast and gig goes. I thought Fletcher said he didn't want to be a parent. Well, he's the only one without kids. Therefore, he's the only one with free time that can do all this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I enjoy my free time. That's why I want to keep it. <laughs> uh, you would enjoy parts of their free time. It's all good. It's all good. But yeah. yeah I, if you didn't hear the description of what it's like playing board games at my house, <laughs> I don't know why anyone would choose not to do that. <laughs> I, I I do think this is a great topic and I do like these games. I Your last statement on, on our show notes um, implies that I am a... <laughs> downer when it comes to these kinds of games and that's not true i actually i actually think as we've talked this out as usually happens i have figured something out it's not that you don't like this kind of game or that you judge me for playing this kind of game it's like we like different kinds of this game yeah i mean we have a lot of overlap too it's it's true but there's a lot of these games that i really enjoy that you're you're just never going to enjoy and um, I think I like a lot. My games are more heavily weighed to this side, but like you know, I like some more complicated stuff too. And um, anyone who has seen my big box of Windward and has had the misfortune of being a casual gamer who we pulled it out in front of is like, you like heavy games too. Do not lie to me. <laughs> well, and you keep losing at Viticulture and starting raid matches, so I know you like heavy games. Not that Viticulture is heavy, but it's heavier. I I was trying a really unusual strategy in our last game of Viticulture just to see what would happen. And that was, it's more fun when you're doing things intentionally weird. (laughs) You don't feel as bad about losing. But I wanted to see if I got the windmill. Is it the, what's, is it the windmill that you get a victory point every time you plant something? Yep. Yeah. So my Papa ability gave me the windmill. And I was just like, I'm just going to plant something 
every turn and keep getting one victory point at a time and see how this goes. And um, it almost worked out for me, but I did not um, pay enough attention to what Sydney was up to that she could just like, oh, I'm going to use all my workers to fill like eight orders in the last round and end this game right meow. So, <laughs> Well, the last game I won because she ended the game at 20 points. And I'm like, eh, I can get to 22 and I have more money than you. So, yep. But I like that we constantly have a game going. I like those three players because it plays pretty quickly. And, yep. you know, we just keep playing it over and we over. We all kind of have the same expectations from the game. Yeah. You know, nobody's mad about like, oh, they haven't taken their turn yet. Or like, why aren't they paying more attention to what they're doing? I, I think that this is a good level of game for you, me, and Sydney to play together. Yeah. But, and we do I will have never our- play a feast for Odin with you guys again. No, ever. probably not. Maybe in person. <laughs> Um, but even then, that's a commitment. And that's another thing, too, why I think I like the filler games is, like, Feast for Odin is a fantastic game, but it is a commitment. Great Western Trail, fantastic game, but it is a commitment. Even Viticulture. We play, you know, the BGA version is essentially the basic version. When I play it in real life, I essentially play that same version. I've never played with any of the Tuscany expansions or anything like that. I've only played Essentials Edition. And it's still a commitment. You're spending an hour and a half to two hours playing this game where if we decide to play the crew at any point, we could still spend two hours playing it, but after any hand, we can be like, okay, this is the last one, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I like these games for that, especially the ones that can keep my attention. The crew is a great example. It is, it is the weight of a filler game with the longevity of the longest game that you could want to play. Like, I could literally see a, see a group of people playing that game for Twilight Imperium length of time because they want to do all 50 missions all in one sitting. Because I think it really pulled the best parts of a 52-card game and the best parts of hobby board games and really did a very good job of, like, merging those two things. Because, you know, you think of um, Spades or Euchre or any of these other trick-taking games that people play, you know... You, They'll play them all night long. You sit down and you play for hours at a time. And it feels that same way when you're playing the crew, where you're just another hand, another hand, another hand. Because one hand, it doesn't feel like that long. But one mission is not that hard, except that sometimes it is. And you just want to beat that one mission. And we're just going to play just one more hand to finish this mission. You know, and then you say that like four times in a row. And there you are two hours later. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that like something like Lucky Numbers... For example, if it were a play multiple hands and the first person to win, you know, five hands or whatever was the winner, I think I might like that a little bit better because a single game of it feels really random. But a series Mm -hmm. of games of it can suddenly make it feel like, okay, I know what I have, something I'm trying to do. And that will keep bringing me back. It's what campaign games in general is like you play more games of a campaign game than you do of a non-campaign game because there's something that brings you back to it over and over and over mm-hmm. and i'm waiting for great western trail legacy um so i can play it over and over and over and they really need to have a great western trail legacy at this point huh. mm, you should design it well i have to decide if i'm gonna do start a great western trail game for us or can't stop filler <laughs> or real game hmm. why not both 
<laughs> Why? Well, actually, that's a good point. I'm going to start both of them. <laughs> All right. And while I do that, um, why don't you guys take us out? We have talked enough and my voice is done. All right. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. You can be part of our live recordings Monday nights at 830 Central. Join our Discord to continue the conversation. It's also where you can join us and other listeners in a constant stream of online games on Board Game Arena. Get on there and send me your favorite filler game. I'll play with you. (laughs) The show notes have all the links you need, and you can always go to tabletopgametalk.com for more information and to search our growing archive of episodes. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, Michael Findlay, Listener Doug, The Gift of Games, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayash, John Williams, Sir Sully, Matthew Droke, Jimothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keith, Leanne Verhol, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miltner, Richard Yossi, Token Fan Forever, Stephen Falcon, Joe Romero, David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan C., Darren McClellan, David Garner, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Salander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, Jason Rodney, Justin Willard, Jerry Wong, Sean P. Kelly, Christy Keel, Monica Whitman, and Michael27. And thank you to all our other patrons. Your support means the world to us. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. All right. I've sent you guys invites to this filler game called Great Western Trail. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Where did you so, send this invite? Board Game Arena. You just have to log into your Board Game Arena account when you reset your password because you keep forgetting it because you don't log in. It'll No, actually, Safari will remember it for you. Um, no, there's a Can't Stop and a Great Western Trail. And we will find out what happens in our Great Western Trail in about a month. Um, but Can't Stop <laughs> um, will be done before I post the episode. So I'll put the results of Can't Stop in our show notes. Bye, everyone.